Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. He wants us to mature and a mature believer looks like Jesus. A mature believer looks like Jesus. Not look like your pastor. God bless your pastor. God bless your bishop and everybody else. But my goal is not to look like another man or woman. It's to look like Christ. Why, look, why try to look like a copy when you can look like the original? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, hello, hello. We're so excited that you decided to join us today. We're going to have a great time today. So get ready. Here comes the rich word of God that will change your life. Last week, we began to talk about uh, miracles, signs, and wonders, and we're talking about how the Lord needs to wash us and make us clean. We realize that miracles, signs, and wonders are simply the byproduct of having, a, of having godly character, having the character of Christ. Remember, the character of Christ displayed in you will win more souls than you laying hands on the sick, than you uh, having the presence of God on you visibly, the character of Christ. Why is that? Because in these last days, there are going to be many lying signs and wonders. Many false prophets will arise, and they're going to do a lot of signs. They're going to do a lot of miracles. They're going to do a lot of stuff. They're going to do a lot of stuff. Of course, when the Father does this stuff, you'll be able to determine if this is him or if something else is going on. We understand that. But it is the character of Christ that will draw people to you. It is the character of Christ that will draw them. The character of Christ is there. The, the character of Christ must be there because the miracle signs and wonders, they say, hey, look over here. Look over here. Look over here. And when people get there, they'll have to see Jesus. They'll have to see the character of Christ. Are you with me? If you're able to give all kind of money, do all kind of things, but if you have not the character of Christ, what good is it? It is worthless. It is worthless. Get the character of Christ. Turn to your name and tell them you need the character of Christ. This is why the Bible says here in Mark 16, it says that signs, it simply says signs will follow them that believe. Mark 16, verse 17, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Uh, they shall uh, take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Those are byproducts. You don't go after those. They follow you. You don't go, it's like a dog trying to taste his tail. Uh, his tail. Why would you do that? The tail follows you. You don't have to chase it. You got it? Signs, wonders, and miracles follow you because you believe. You don't have to chase signs and wonders. You don't have to go over here. Oh, so-and-so is doing this. They got all that. I don't have to chase it. It's going to follow me. Are you hearing that's why the Lord said here also in 2 Corinthians 6 chapter, uh, verse number 16, he says, 
And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God have said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, with God doing all this walking in you and living in you, surely, as big as he is, surely if he's in you, we see some of them. You holding all this power, surely sooner or later we're going to see some sign. You got me? This is why he says that. This is why he says, come out from among them and, and be separate, saith the Lord. And I, he says, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. He says, come away so that I can really pour it out. There are some things that you want to give your children. But if you know they're just going to give it to somebody else and squander it, you're going to hold back a little bit until they become more mature. He wants us to mature and a mature believer looks like Jesus. A mature believer looks like Jesus. Not look like your pastor. God bless your pastor. God bless your bishop and everybody else. But my goal is not to look like another man or woman. It's to look like Christ. Why, look, why try to look like a copy when you can look like the original? Let's go back to John, the 15th chapter. John 15. I want you to get this. We're going to really start here today. John 15 Verse number one, the Lord says, John 15, verse one, the Lord says here, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. I got to set some things up first. The Lord said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. The Lord said, I am the true vine. In other words, all life springs from me. True meaning genuine. I am the genuine vine, meaning that there are fake vines, fake ones. But the Lord said, I'm the true one because the father being the husbandman or the, the gardener or the vine dresser is the one who planted Christ in the very beginning. Remember in the beginning, we said everything was in God. Everything was in God. In the beginning, God. And when the father spoke, and the word father means source. He's the source of all things. When the source spoke, when father spoke, the word stepped out. When you speak, if you're talking audibly, when you open your mouth, like I'm doing right now, words are coming out, and the words go before you. So in the beginning, the Father spoke, and the word stepped out of the Father. And it is that word that the Father used to create everything. And the Spirit of God hovered above everything that was spoken and animated it and gave it life. Jesus said, I am the true vine. I was planted in the very beginning. And Jesus is the extension of the Father. Now, he tells us here in John, the 15th chapter, that the Father is the, is the husbandman. He is the cultivator. Husbandman or, or vine dresser means cultivator. Uh, we talked about that last time. It also means that he prunes the vine. It means he trains the vine. Cultivator is one who plants it, uh, puts it in the ideal situation where it may thrive, he trains it. In other words, he gives it a specific path or direction to grow. And then he also prunes it. He takes away everything from it that is uh, unproductive, that is unlively, that is dead. He takes it all away. And this is exactly what he's also going to do with you and I. I want you to see the power that's in this vine. 
Because we can really just take this vicariously without understanding the true meaning of this. This is an eternal truth that if you latch hold to it, it will change your destiny and change your trajectory of your entire life. So once you see this, let's go to Hebrews 1. Jesus is the extension of the Father. Jesus extended out of the Father. The Word extended out from the Father. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser, one who cultivates, uh, one who prunes, and one who trains. All right? Then further on down in John, he tells us, John 15, that you are the branches. We're going to get this. As Jesus extends from the Father, you and I are to extend from Jesus. Let me say that again. As Jesus extended from Father, you and I are to extend from Jesus. In this way, this is why the Bible says that um, the Lord said that, that, that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom because you and I will rule the kingdom. He's chosen us to do that. We're going to rule. We are man. We're the only ones that can incubate a word. Other spirits can carry a word like a messenger. An angel is a messenger, but they cannot incubate a word. Much like Mary received the word, carried that word within her, and brought forth the word. If you look at that in terms of this tree, the tree holds within the trunk of the tree holds the DNA of what it will be. But it is the nature of every branch to bring to pass or to manifest what's inside of the trunk of the tree. You understand that fruit grows on its branches. It does not grow on the trunk of the tree. Fruit grows on its branches. Leaves don't grow on the trunk of the tree. It grows on its branches. Leaves and fruit tell you what type of tree it is. Jesus said you will know what type of tree it is by its fruit. In this way, the father has somewhat bound himself to tell the world who he is and what he is like. In order to do that, he has to do it through you. A tree is known by its fruit. Well, where does the fruit come from? It comes out of the branches. How is the world going to know what the Father's like? He's going to have to use you to show forth the fruit. The glory of every tree is in its branches. It's in its leaves. In fall, you see, oh, wow, they're so pretty, pretty um, uh, red leaves and orange leaves and, and, and yellow leaves. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful tree. Look at the cherry blossoms. It's so beautiful. When you see a beautiful tree, you don't look at the trunk of the tree. You're looking at its branches, and you're looking at what's on the branches. Now, the father could have allowed fruit to grow straight from the trunk of the tree, straight from the vine. He could allow the, um, the pretty, pretty uh, leaves to grow straight from the vine. But he shares his glory. He showcases his glory. In this, the Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. When the world, when he wants to show the world what he is like, this is why he points to you. Because his fruit will grow out of you. 
the leaves will grow out of you. The fruit and the leaves were already in the trunk of the tree. They were in the DNA of the tree. What was invisible, but this fruit and these leaves were invisible on the inside of the tree, in the DNA of the tree, carried by the tree's sap. It is our responsibility to take that thing that was invisible and manifest it forth. To cause it to step out of our lives. And we say, yes, this was in the plan of God. This is what was in the tree. And now it is manifested through me. You got me? So as the word was in beginning with God and was God, the word stepped forth, the manifestation of Father. I want to show you this. Let's go into Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews 1, let's look at verses 1 through 3, and I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. It goes like this. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Listen, by whom also he made the worlds. Hold there for a second. God made the world, some translations say universe. All things were created by his word. Jesus created all things. He is the word of God. He stepped forth from Father, all God, all man. And through that word, he spoke. In other words, where the Father spoke and Jesus created Jesus knew when the father said, let there be planets, let there be moon and everything and all this, all whatever thing, whatever the father spoke. The father spoke that word. Jesus, of course, knowing the father's heart, created it exactly as the father wanted. That thing that was invisible in the heart of God, the word then manifested and made it visible. Exactly as the father wanted it. And the Spirit of God hovered above it and made it move, animated it, and gave it life. Are you hearing? So the world, I want you to see this, that the world, that the word made everything. It made the worlds. Made the worlds. This is why it's such a joke when you see people and you see these little um, memes. You see the devil and Jesus arm wrestling. That is the craziest joking stuff because he made, Jesus made everything, everything that existed. Angels were also created beings. Satan was once an angel. All of these things, fallen angel, they were all created by Christ, all created by Jesus. This is why the Lord told him when the devil came to him in the, in the garden of uh, what we call garden temptation in the wilderness. And the devil said, hey, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all this. What in the world? He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Why would I submit myself to something that I already made? It's incredibly backwards. Jesus, in the beginning, with God, was God. Now the scripture says he made everything. He stepped out, and everything that is in existence came from his hand, came from his doing. 
he manifested what was in the Father's heart. He manifested that invisible substance in the Father. He brought it forth. He brought out or manifested or caused to appear what was in the Father's heart. You got me? That's very important. So it says, by whom also he made the worlds, S, all the worlds, the universe, everything that was made. Look at verse number three. Who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus is the brightness of his glory, or he radiates the Father's glory. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Express image of his person also means the exact representation and perfect imprint of God. Jesus is the exact representation and perfect imprint of God. When you look at Jesus, you see the exact representation and perfect imprint of God. Now, the Father is so massive, so beyond comprehension, so massive, that even when the archangel Lucifer uh, decided to, he wanted to rebel against God, he didn't say, I'm going to be above God. He said, I want to be like the most high God because there's nothing higher than him. There's nothing better than him. There's nothing stronger than him. He says, I want to be like him. God is so massive in all that he, all that he is. You cannot exaggerate God. It's like when you look up in the sky you know, sometimes you, you, you look at somebody else's eye, many times you look in somebody's eye and you see those little dots. You know, in somebody's eye you see a pupil or if they're looking at lights, you see all those little lights in their eyes. When you look up into the night sky and you look up, we could be looking up into the pupil of God. He is massive. He is massive. And so for all of us created beings to understand him, because he is massive and he's massive love, in order for us to understand him, he causes his son to stand out, to come out, and you begin to see what he is like. He's so huge, so big. It is beyond words. So Jesus is the extension of God, the perfect the perfect um, expression of God. And you and I are meant to be the perfect expression of Jesus. As Jesus extended from the Father, we extend from Jesus. This is why he says in these verses that my Father, he says that I'm the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Then he goes on to say, you are the branches. You are to extend from Christ. Extend from him everything that is in the trunk of the tree you are meant to feed upon. What's in the trunk of the tree? Eternity. Limitless power and resources. The fire of God, the presence of God, everything because the father spoke. And again, this trunk of the tree is the exact likeness and representation of father God. And now you are connected through Christ into the source of all things. Um, it's going to get to the point. <laughs> I know it, my Lord. It's going to get to the point that even when you sneeze, the glory of God and the power of God will have to restrain that sneeze or you may start a hurricane. 
you clap your hands and it sounds like thunder and lightning. The power of God that is in you is real because of who you are connected to. And this is only limited by your ability to receive and to conceive what the Lord is saying. Are you hearing? And so the Bible says again, verse number three, he says, who being the uh, brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that is the exact representation and perfect imprint of the father and upholding, look at this, upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything is held together by the word of God. Everything is held together by that word. Everything. Every atom, every molecule, the sun is still burning because of the word of God. Everything is held together by the word of God. That's how powerful this word is. And it is that word that actually flows through the branches of the tree. And it is only restrained by our, we can say, by our belief, or rather by our unbelief. Restrained by your capacity to receive and conceive. So it says, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Remember that Philip said to Jesus in uh, John 14, verse number nine, he says, Lord, he says, Jesus, show us the father that it uh, suffice us. And then the Lord said, Philip, has, have I been, he said, have I been so long, so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He saith what? Uh, he have, or rather, he's, uh, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Remember, Jesus is the perfect, the perfect imprint, the perfect image of God. And you and I are to be the perfect imprint of Christ. This is why when you show up in a room, and there are devils and demons or even sickness there, what have you, and you begin to walk, you holding the image of Christ, those demons begin to cry out. These are things that are meant to happen. This is why in the life of Apostle Peter, as he walked with Jesus there uh, after the Lord's resurrection, he's walking down the street and his shadow is healing people. Because the, because the glory of Christ was radiating through him. And I'm telling you, the power that the apostles carried is nothing in comparison to what you will carry in these end times. Because as the world gets darker and darker, his church is going to grow brighter and brighter to combat the darkness that is there. But we should not go after, look after signs and wonders. Why? Because they will follow us. More particular, we should go after the character of Christ, know who we are in him and know what we possess in him. Realize the power and presence of God that is already circulating through us. Believe it, receive it, and conceive what God has already done on the inside of you. And as we meditate on his word and really get into his word, I'm telling you, you're going to see the manifestation of all things take place. Now, let me tell you. As God prepares you for power, as he prepares you for the release of power, he tells us about three cleansings here. 
three cleansings as he prepares you for the release of power. So first of all, the Lord already said, I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. And then he says in verse number two, he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He said, then every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse three, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. There are three cleansings here. Three cleansings here, three things that God is going to do in your life or in many cases already, many cases has already begun so that you may manifest fruit. All of this is about the manifestation of fruit. Now, the manifestation of fruit here, let me go just before we go into three cleansings, the manifestation of the fruit here that he's talking about. Yes, it is the fruit of the spirit. And I'm thanking I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for the Lord that, that it is. It is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Yes, it is the fruit of the Spirit. But more in particular, it is the fruit of answered prayers. He says further on down in this text is if, that if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This is the fruit that he's talking about when you receive that abiding word and you pray out of that abiding word that's on the inside of you and then fruit begins to manifest in other words you begin to bring forth the invisible uh, out of the trunk of the tree God placed in you desires Remember the word of God says there in Mark 11 chapter, he says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. There are hidden and concealed desires on the inside of us that we receive because we abide in the word and the word abides in us. The Lord makes you pregnant with a desire. And when you manifest that desire, bring it forth. It is fruit that brings healing to those that are around you, fruit that heals your life and fruit that heals other people around you. It is that manifestation of fruit when the world looks at your life as a branch and they see you have all this fruit around you, all of these blessings that God has given unto you. They see all the fruitfulness of your marriages and your relationships, the fruitfulness of your finances, the fruitfulness of your health, all the areas of your life you are demonstrating and bringing forth the fruit of God. They see that fruit and that glorifies God. Why does it glorify God? Because people see it and they know there is a God. There is a God. You got me? Now, in order for us to bring forth this fruit, there are three types of cleansings. And we're, I think we're going to stop here today. I don't want to overload you. There's so much more. There are three types of cleansing that God's going to do in order for you to manifest much fruit. First, in verse number two, he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. This is an environmental cleansing. If you notice the, a tree once again, or, 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 or just this vine, a tree has multiple branches. If you see a tree with just one branch hanging out, you would think something's up with that tree. <laughs> or somebody's been over there with some type of saw or something, because that's very unusual. Branches are grouped together. They're grouped together, sometimes inches apart or what have you, but they're grouped together. He says, every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. In other words, God examines a tree and he sees that you are a living branch and he sees dead or unproductive branches around you. He's going to clean your environment. 
He's going to take away dead relationships, dead things, and sometimes dead thinkings. These are things that are around you. He's going to make sure that they're pulled away. Now, who's doing this? God is doing this. So when you see some things begin to dry up around you, realize it may not be the devil. It may very well be God trying to put you in position so that you can bear much fruit. So he says first cleansing is that that he will cleanse your environment. He's taken away anything around you that can hurt you. Secondly, he says in every branch of me that beareth fruit, he purges it. Again, he purges it. God does this again. Purging means to cleanse. It means to, um, to again, to take something away. Now, this is something that's on you. First of all, there was something around you, external branches that were dead. Now this is something that is on you. He says, every branch in me that beareth um, fruit, he, God, purges it. Now, purging of a branch means that he's going to cut away dead, dead uh, things that were dead on you. There are some dead limbs that are growing on a limb. These are growths, something that was once alive. When something grows out, it's like a cancer or it's like a parasite. Something that was living enough to pierce the skin, we can say, or to pierce the branch. It pierced it and it came out. This is, could be something that was very hopeful. You said, well, I'm starting this new thing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And you're very, very hopeful that this thing is going to come alive. It's going to do something. It's a new branch coming out of you. Another opportunity for you to bear much fruit. But it stopped. And it died. And is now unproductive. The thing that we hope for is now detrimental to us. So the father sees that it's not going to grow. It's not going to do anything. I'm going to cut it away from you. Now, when the father cuts this thing away, it's going to hurt. External branches cut around you. You know, that may be a little thing. You don't people don't come around you anymore. They don't call you anymore. That's one thing. Yes. But these are branches that are connected to you that grew out of you that you were very familiar with. God said, I'm going to have to take that one away because that is unproductive. That thing is deadly to you. You may not see it as that. You may want to keep holding on to this. But God said, I know that this is killing you. And whether you want whether you wanted to stay or not, I see it's bad and I'm taking it away. Now, this thing, I mean, God's really got your attention now. First, it was external. Now, there's something rather environmental. Now, this is external. It's on you. It's got to go. But then the third cleansing, he cleanses you on the inside. The Lord said, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, he goes inside. His word now begins to cleanse you. And when God does this, we're going to hold up here. When God does an internal cleansing, again, it's not very pleasant because when the word of God comes up, when the word of God goes in, it causes to come up a lot of negative stuff that you don't like. You're going to find a lot of pride beginning to surface when the word of God comes up. You're going to find uh, envy. You say, I didn't know I was like that. I didn't know I felt that way. I didn't know I was still dealing with that. As the word of God gets down in there and begins to cleanse and begins to wash. Now, this word 
The word of God is so powerful that it that it can cut and it can divide between soul and spirit and reveal to you your true motives and your true intentions. Now, when that word now, remember, the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You think, hey, I'm okay, and I'm okay with God, and, you know, I love so-and-so, I've forgiven so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da. But when the Word of God comes in, it opens your spirit, man, or rather opens your soul and reveals that you really don't, that this and that, you're really afraid because of this. You really don't, I mean, you're really hating this person. You're really doing this and that and the other. He's Now, all of this is in an effort that you would bear much fruit. But there are three internal cleansings, three processes that the Father goes through in order to bring forth his glory out of your life. One, he will cleanse your environment. Two, he will take away things in your life uh, that, were, that are simply unproductive. Unproductive. And these may be some things that you may not think is dead. You may want to hold on to it and hope that it's going gonna, it's gonna to do something. But the Father says, I see its death to you. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to take that away. And thirdly, the Lord sends forth a proceeding word into your heart that will challenge you internally. And this is a word that you're going to struggle with. You're going to struggle. Now, everything I'm telling you today, you will be tested. You will be tested. It's a proceeding word that will allow you um, really that that will bring up emotions and feelings. It will many times bring up uh, disobedience. You say, Lord, I know what you said, but you're going to wrestle with it. You're going to wrestle with it. And when you find that wrestling with the word of God, that's the point that he wants you in right there. Now Now you can see. Now you can see the enemy. Now you can see his face. He is uncovered. Once that feeling or once that sin is uncovered, then confess that sin and get it out before you. The father said, if you confess your sins before him, that he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when these things come up, when you see yourself acting a certain way or even feeling some kind of way. When all these things come up, realize it's the faithfulness of God. His word has gone down into your heart. And you hear the spirit of God speaking to you, giving you a proceeding word. And you wrestle with that word. You're wrestling with that word. You don't want to let something go. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. It is the mercy of God showing you, hey, this is a hold up in your life. I'm purging you on the, in your environment I'm purging things on you, and I'm purging things in you so that you may bring forth much fruit. This is the process. Once you've gone through these purgings and these cleansings, then we can produce much fruit. But notice, and we'll stop here, there's so much. Notice the Lord said, now, in verse number three, I believe, now you are clean through the word I've spoken unto you. Now ye are clean. Now. Now. Which means you're going to have to stay clean after this. Because you can be clean now, but tomorrow can be something else. And you stay clean by continually keeping the word of God before you. 
You stay clean when the word brings something up, when you see something you shouldn't be seeing, or when you think something you shouldn't be thinking, when you say something you shouldn't be saying it, immediately confess that before the Lord. Immediately repent that before God. Repent, 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 and ask him to wash you and cleanse you of it. Don't let that fester on you. Let me ask you this question. If you step in animal poop, how long are you going to let it stay on you? All day? A few hours? Or are you going to get it off of you as quickly as you can? The same way with sin. The same way when you are tempted, when the Lord showed you something and you feel yourself tempted in a certain area, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because it is a stench. Get rid of it. Talk to him about it. Get rid of it. Don't let it linger on you. The Lord said, now you are clean. Now you're going to have to stay clean. And that's by continually receiving his word. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the word you've given us today. I know that there's so much more. And Lord, I do pray that you continue to lead your people in truth. Show them who you are and, and show them how they are connected to you. And show them how they are meant to bring forth, bring forth fruit that will glorify you. Lord, show them that every tree is known by its fruit and it's their responsibility. It is our responsibility to manifest Christ to this world. Lord, I pray for great grace, great grace. Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes so that we would see how beautiful you really are. And those of you that are watching us today and even in this very room right now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is time. Now is the time because you really cannot be productive in life without him. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Also there in John 15. So if you're not connected to the source of all things, then what are you doing in your life? Life just simply goes in circles over and over and over. Life goes like a treadmill. You're just running running, 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 running so fast and not going anywhere. And I don't want anyone to get to the last part of your life. You've been climbing the ladder of success. You've been working so hard. You got to the top finally, only to realize the ladder was laid on the wrong building. Doing the wrong things. You got to get tired of that. Got to get tired of that. So today I want to offer to you Christ Jesus, the true vine, the living word, the source of all things. And if you, at this point now, when you want to believe in him, you say, I want to believe in Jesus, I want to trust in him, I want to give him my whole life. The Lord said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. But if you need a little help and you want us to pray with you, then come on, let's pray together so we can have that first prayer with the Father. Just say with me, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I've been disconnected, and I want to be reconnected with you. Forgive me for all the bad things I've done. Wash my sins away with the precious blood of Jesus. I believe in Jesus, in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection. And I believe that you are alive forevermore. So I say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, because of your faith in Jesus, because of your belief in him, I believe the Father has heard you. And I say, welcome to the family of God. It's not the prayer that saved you. It's you believing in Jesus. And repenting of your sins, turning to him. I'm telling you, new life begins. If we can help you, just go to the website at kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Let us know your testimony and how we can pray for you, okay? We love you guys. Until next time, remember, Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.